What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know, I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Yo, I'm Izzy. I'm super excited to... Or Wow. Yo, I'm Izzy. I'm super excited for my guests today. All three of them are super, super dope, and I'm just honored to have them on. Um, I'm on with three members of the Puma design team, Jacob Garcia, Kirby Nunez, and Roberto. Um, Obviously, we've listened to Roberto's story, but I'm just super excited to see how these three have really come together um, to really form this Latino team um, at Puma that is really um, pushing us forward. So appreciate all three of you jumping on with me. Jacob, do you want to give a little intro as to like what this design team does and like how it really came to fruition as what it is today? You mean what I did like a minute ago, but we weren't recording. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me run that back. Let me run that back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll skip my my design intro part, but (laughs) if we jump straight to the basketball part. So I was on the run train team. Um, and we didn't have a basketball division or any of that. So it got born out of just run train designers doing like after hours work. And it was a super small team. So I feel like we should give them a shout out. But the head designer was Sean O'Shea and then Gersey Eugene, France Montezaire and Jared Sebawan. So it was like pretty much we were doing this run train during the day. And then at night we'd have these meetings of like, what if we did basketball? And the initial like design pitch was we were designing to sell it to somebody and we didn't know who that was. And it turns out that was Jay-Z. So they were trying to bring Jay-Z on at the same time while we design a product. So the initial like design phase for Puma Hoops was designing like these subcategories of characters or AKA like fake people that we invented in our head. Um, so we made like boards for that. We like made these fake people and we made this book for Jay-Z because we weren't able to meet him in person the first time. So they sort of used this like what if book to Jay-Z to sell it on. And that all that process is like, super short but it led to the Clyde court and that was like the footwear aspects and then Berto and kirby on the apparel side so i don't know if i want to jump into how apparel started but i think it's a similar story of like they were all doing run train and day job and night job turned to the basketball designers yeah it was run train for me then kirby you were working yeah, on it what rcc and then run train too a little yeah. bit of both what's rcc but- so RCC was uh, just a regional apparel group. Like we were focused on like New York, Houston, like all these kind of regions of Puma had stores and um, I was doing that. And then Berto had left over to go join the basketball team. And I kind of filled his role on the running and training team and then ended up needing another designer. So it's both me and Berto kind of ended up going into the basketball team. To run it back, something I skipped over, that whole team that I initially mentioned were all people of color. It was. Haitian, Jamaican, mixed, me being half Cuban. And even I'm trying to think, I think our entire design team still has always been a person of color by uh, every aspect. Like my new boss, I have a new boss, Jeremy Salee. Um, so yeah, every single designer on Puma Basketball has been a person of color, which is a crazy, crazy thing that's, that's still happening. That's crazy because like, if I go back and look at the designers that I've had on the show and look at their teams, specifically like puma really stands out from that perspective where there are so many designers of color um 
really like at the helm of I'm creating for this brand that this massive legacy brand that maybe not a lot of people know that story behind it. So I would love to hear from each of your perspectives. Like, was this kind of a pipe dream in a sense, like from Puma standpoint and from your standpoints individually, like I'm creating with all these different people from different backgrounds and that kind of sort of look like me, uh, at the end of the day? Uh, I guess from my perspective, like it was almost like one thing led to another. It's not like I applied for this job. So it just mm-hmm. happened to be. And it was also the reason it was that is I knew Gersey from Miami. So it's almost like I, I brought him to Puma. So it was almost like we were like sort of close, but we sort of knew each other. So it was almost like my circle just grew in terms of that way. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't step back and think about it to realize how much it is. But I guess my answer would be like little by little. I didn't realize like one thing led to another and all of a sudden design of basketball shoes on court with with a, a different design looking team, if that, I guess is a way to say it. But What about you, Kirby? Uh, I mean, for me, I never thought I was going to get into like any type of apparel design or graphic design, any of that kind of stuff. I graduated school with an art degree. I tell people all the time, like I, I paint and I sculpt and I do those kind of things for fun um, now. But now my actual job is to be a designer. And yeah, like same thing with Jacob. Like I didn't really apply to this position and this 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 team here to like expecting it was going to be what I was going to be doing. Um, I tell people all the time as well, like I applied to Puma and basically every other company out there like nine, ten times when I was an intern just trying to get a, a shot. And it wasn't until like my like last time applying to Puma that I ended up getting this role here. And it's just been something I've been able to grow and like it challenges me every single day. So I like to stay here and like continue growing with all that kind of stuff and continue growing as a designer like i'm really like four or five years into being a designer um but yeah working on this team and working with people of like color and 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 knowing that like we all have like similar backgrounds or like similar histories and similar stories it's like it's cool because we could say stuff without even actually saying stuff and like that's something that's like so powerful in terms of what kirby just said i feel it becomes aware when like someone from an outside perspective comes into the room and you realize like it's not the same vibe, if that makes sense. So, like, we have, like, a good vibe, like, naturally. And it's, like, you don't realize until, like, outside opinions come in. And Berto, you kind of hit on this a little bit during our recording. But you, the the way you said about this vibe that we're speaking of uh, and the camaraderie, camaraderie, wow, can't can't talk today. Um, let's let's just use a different word, Izzy. Uh, just the, the overall vibe in the office. And within the design team, it kind of like made you feel almost more comfortable in starting this, this journey. Does that really like, let's say you would have put yourself at a different brand where this team wasn't there. Do you truly feel like you would have been like a, as comfortable if that makes sense? Um, probably not. Because, like, they both said, like, no one applied for this role. Like, we were all, like, moved from internally. So, like, we were all kind of cool with each other. We all hung out before all this happened. So it wasn't like you were going into, like, working with new people. So, like, I was already new Kirby for, like, a couple years before that. Um, Like Jacob said, we were working run train. He was footwear. I was uh, apparel. So, like, I knew him. So, like everybody knew each other already. So it was just kind of like an easy, seamless transition. And like they said, like, we all kind of come from similar backgrounds per se, and understand kind of each other. So it was just like, 
we have that um, camaraderie and that and that vibe already. So it was just um, putting it into work and seeing what we can come up with creatively from a different perspective. So there's three Latinos on this call. And when I look at the other designers that I, I have had on, um, unfortunately, this is the first time that I feel like I've had like three Latinos that are within a brand that aren't really just like start starting off one or two, like for specifically in Jacob's case, like have been doing this for a long time. So what would you tell those? I would love to hear from each of your um, perspectives. What would you tell the aspiring designer, Latin designer right now that's trying to get into a brand like Puma or XYZ brand out there, or just trying to design for themselves. Like what, what piece of advice do you think you would give to them as to like finding themselves and finding a role for them? I think I would just tell them like to be authentically themselves, like first and foremost, like, you know, especially being a Latino and like, we're representing like the island Latinos here, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm Dominican, Jacob's half Cuban, Berto's Puerto Rican. So it's like that in and of itself is already a different type of Latino than what you have in South America, Central America than that. So it's like, there's already a different kind of culture there. And like, just that I think helps separate you from a lot of other people. And, you know, it's like, we kind of have these chips on our shoulders or whatever you want to call them, but it's like, use that to your advantage and like connect with your heritage to connect with your people because like for the most part i mean even just looking at this puma office building there's some people who are latino or or spanish speakers who aren't some pretty high up places who don't design or who don't you know uh be in the creative fields you know but they're they're heads of sales and they're and they're helping lead marketing and they're helping lead do other things and you know and being with public relations and like there are ways that you can make connections just by being you know a spanish speaker being you know, being proud of your heritage and like Maybe it's like you, you're not getting through in the design aspect right away, but you're at least connecting with these ideas. Because at the end of the day, like Latino culture is still part of like the bigger, bigger idea of what culture is. And, and there's nothing more that, that these companies want is to be a part of that culture. Yeah, like I think you people know within Puma that we're designing for us. So like we're a natural consumer. So it's not like we're like coming in with khakis and like trying to figure out what's this like streetwear, like N1 basketball thing going on. Like, we know it's like you, if you come from that, like you're designing, it's always best to design for yourself. Like in design school, they tell you like, you should be able to design for anybody. But I was like, I think that's sort of lame to like having to always put yourself in another perspective where you have to like do these consist or these like research groups where you got to like ask these people. It's like, why would you want a research group once you get someone in that research group? So I think when the people are hiring, they sort of know you should hire within that consumer. It sort of makes more sense. So if you go, so what Kirby said, like, be your natural self and, like, do what you naturally want to do. Like, don't force it. So if you like basketball, if you like footwear, if you like streetwear, and that's part of your lifestyle. Like, I would be looking at streetwear stuff or basketball stuff even though I wasn't working for this. So it just becomes natural at that point. Yeah, and sorry to, to cut right off here, but, like, even that, like, even if you're, like, running and biking, like, I, where I live, there's, like, a Dominican bike club. And, like, yo, they be riding around on their bikes and, like, pedaling and doing all stuff. Like, it's, like, 40, 50-year-old dudes, but, like, that's just who they are. And, like, they appreciate that. And if that's, like, somebody that's part of your family or you like doing that, then, you know, that's also part of you. You know, you kind of take it how you want to take it. Yeah, I think, like they said, being authentic to yourself is probably the most important thing. And... As they said, being like, I think us being kind of like 
part of the consumer as well definitely helped us in this aspect and even if like jacob said like or kirby like if there you can have other interests and you can easily intertwine it with whatever like basketball is for us so we can take other sports or other activities that we're into and we also bring that into influence whatever we're doing basketball wise which i think makes it super authentic because each of us then has like our own style of design as well so that helps to like differentiate product um makes it so like when we're doing different projects i think our own design language and our authenticity like speaks through that and i'll say the other thing if you for starting off is um like you have to be persistent like kirby said like he had to like apply to every single company 10 times like it took me two years to get into puma um i'm pretty sure jacob has stories of like he's had to try or redo things 10 12 15 times like it's gonna take time to get into wherever you want to go so it's about like knowing what you want to do and like putting in the work and just not taking no for an answer the first few times and just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it let's get into puma puma hoops a little bit and specifically like first launching we kind of know what we're getting into at this point but not really it's a startup within this like legacy brand what uh like what were those moments where you were like damn so we're we're really doing this like we're designing for these on-court athletes that we've been watching every tuesday night or or anything like that like what were those kind of light bulb moments where you're like shit i'm really doing this go ahead berto to me i think like the first big project for me was like tbt so when you saw that shit on like tv and you're like oh like i actually worked on that stuff and then like people like my dad and my mom used to watch stuff and they're like oh my son did this or like my uncles and cousins and brothers so it's like i think when other people like around you start realizing that you're doing stuff like the people who've watched you put in all the work and have your success have your failures and do that stuff i think that's when it's like super real i guess mine was more of a slow burn in terms of like that first shoe like i said that was more of a i didn't design that first one i just did the colors of it so it was more like i was happy to be a part of that team but like once you start signing players and they you start coming in and like i was the only designer left from that original crew so i was meeting players one-on-one and like doing pe's for them um, so that that player, that one-on-one connection where usually you're not invited to those meetings. Now I'm like a pivotal, like everyone stops and asks like me and the, the athlete are talking now. That was like a, a weird, crazy shift where I became like an important person in that room. Yeah, I guess for me, it would be like just, just seeing samples, right? Seeing something that I catted out, drew out, and then like we get to a sample stage or like this is the final sample. And it's like, yo, they're they're picking this up and it's like to me i'm like yo that's that's just crazy in my head that we got here from especially my background at at puma when i first started i was like doing color ups like it's like we already had the product developed so yeah, we just need a new color for this region it's like all right cool that's mm-hmm. not like to me that wasn't like super design but it's like i was just doing color theory at that point and it's like for me now it's like oh y'all taking this concept that i did and y'all gonna let it just ride out like that's just like wild to me not to be the interview, but I have a side question off this side question. Um, yeah. Have you guys become, I haven't asked you guys this, have you guys become like jaded to some aspects of it? Like what you're saying, like when you see a sample, now sometimes do you see a sample and like or someone comes out and then your family's excited or friends are excited? Like, yes, yeah, it's just a t-shirt I did. Or is it still, everything's still crazy new to you guys? I think it's crazy new to me when I see people wearing it. Like 
I get so because we work so uh, ahead of time. We're like we're working, and you know, 2024, 2025s and stuff like that. And like you know, we're only in 2022, so it's like when the product comes out, I'm like, oh yeah, it came out. But then when I actually see somebody wearing, I'm like, yo, we did that. Like we really did that. Like that's that's out there in the world right now. No, I would say yeah, I've sort of forgot. Not that I forget, but I don't get that excited when I see it in the store. But when I, someone else gets excited, then I get re-excited. I was like, oh, yeah, I do like that someone else, like, appreciates it. Because sometimes you do stuff and they're like, you don't know if it's going to be good or not or everyone's going to care. But uh, when, like, a consumer, like, a, especially if a random person, like, if I see a random person wearing something, then I'm like, oh, mm. that's, like, it's real. Like, they didn't just make these and just they're in a box somewhere that people are actually paying money for it, like, full price, which is crazy. Yeah, I'd say it's the same thing. Like... Especially since like the June Ambrose collection just dropped and I worked on that, like we've been seeing that around a lot and like seeing people like she was in the office today and she was like, yeah, on the airport, um, in the airport in New York, um, I saw somebody wearing that, like one of the, the fur jacket that we did. And then we had another partner in today and they're like, yeah, we're in Dallas. We saw somebody else in Texas wearing it. And it's like, oh, OK, OK. So like people are seeing people out actually wearing this stuff, which is like the coolest part. I'm glad you brought up June um, because Puma, I feel like from an outsider's point of view, uh, there's very, very uh, huge figures in fashion and in, in music and in lifestyle just within the brand that whether they're popping into the office or sitting in meetings or anything like that are just, it, it feels like accessible. Um, and some other brands that I've talked, I've talked on the show with, they have names like this, but they're not very accessible. They're not people that just pop into meetings. The only meetings they're showing up for are the very high level meetings or anything like that. So how, how instrumental is that from three Latin kids points of view where you're like, damn, I've like listened to this guy's music. I've watched this guy in the court. I've, been admiring her work for a long time and now we're sitting across the table from each other and they're treating me as in a sense like an equal where how instrumental is that for um a like jacob said like i i really don't you don't really get excited about something or sometimes you don't get excited until you see the product on in in someone's hands like how is it just actually seeing these people and here maybe getting mentorship from these types of people that we everyday people at, at the end of the day, just kind of put on a pedestal and think that it, they're not just people at the end of the day. I, I got started. Um, I think for me, like the way I see it is like, I think because we're such a small team still, and like this is still really a startup within a major company. It's like, it feels very grassroots level. Like, because there's only X amount of designers on the team, it's like you can't just have somebody come in and be like, this is the high level and and filter those ideas down to a designer. It's like, I think we've also done a really good job of like developing those relationships within the company to be like, if so-and-so is coming in, I kind of want to be in that meeting because it's better if I hear it from from her or from him directly, right? So like, it, it creates a real natural relationship. Like I said, grassroots and it's like, it just makes the product that much better. It makes things flow that much easier. It makes marketing ideas that much easier. And like, yeah, these people are, you know, put on a pedestal and, and whatnot. But at the same time, like, 
they're just real down to earth people. And at the end of the day, you get a lot of gems from them just by talking to them and seeing how they think, you know? And I think I always try to take, I always try to sit back and listen when I'm in a room with those kind of, you know, figures, just cause I know that they're going to say something they might even not realize that's teaching me game. It's, it's free game. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think like a specific uh, relationship. And I think what comes to mind is like that interaction with J Cole that I've had since we launched, uh, we started with him. It's even though I never had a shoe that come to market for him, I, I worked on some projects for him and it was very, that was a crazy relationship to like, think about having like a group chat with J Cole and you just get like a text message while you're on the couch or like a FaceTime and you're like trying to like, you got a FaceTime for J Cole, you like run out to like a hallway to like meet this, meet this demand. But it's always good when like him and like Mello, when they actually care about it. Cause like we have so limited ambassadors, but they actually like for June, for example, they actually care about that stuff. So when you see them get excited because they're doing something out of their norm, like I'm sure J Cole, when it comes to music, he's a lot more like he knows the process and he knows what's going on. But when you show him a shoe, this is so new to him. He almost becomes like, uh, I don't want to say like, child, like it's almost like childhood dream comes true. So he gets like super excited about that. So to see them get excited about something you create and like what Kirby was saying, like this is like a real person. It, it's still a, it's a crazy dy- dynamic, but yeah, I would, I would say like, um, Kind of like Jacob said, like, I think it depends on who you're working with, too, because, like, some people are more involved than others. And, like, like me and June, we kind of have more of an open dialogue, like, text. Like, we talk a lot, so it's, like, we're always texting, sending images to each other, um, talking if we have a good idea or something like that. Um, other people aren't as, like, involved, but I think, like, the more that you're involved, I think the product comes out better because it's more authentic and um i think you learn a lot from these people too because they're they do things that a lot of people don't do and they're in positions in life that a lot of people don't have so you see different perspectives and you learn about things that you necessarily wouldn't learn about from everybody else like within your daily life like june talks about like her days back in the day with like working with jay working with diddy and like how she kind of grew that brand grew her own brand helped jay do his thing helped diddy do his thing so it's like you start learning about like kind of how to maybe brand yourself um how to work with other people how um to maneuver that kind of like independent like work um type stuff that she does like styling and stuff like that and creative directing so it's like you can take bits and pieces like Kirby said and kind of like apply it to your own life and within this work setting and then outside of work as well. And not that to make this like a Puma ad, but it is almost crazy. I think back of like the fact that they just like put us now I'm 30 now, but put us like 20 somethings in a room with like these athletes and just leave us alone. It's, it's a wild, I don't know how much that happens elsewhere, but uh, shout out to Puma for like, there's a lot of trust and management in that regards that designers know what they're doing. And we're not going to mess up that relationship. I get, yeah. I guess that helps, like being in the culture of basketball to like or whatever who the person we're talking to, like it's going to be like authentic conversation. That trust is huge. I think that that whole the end of, at the end of the day, like the trust factor is huge. When not only if you're a designer, just any type of creative coming into a company, you have to, like you hired me for a reason. So what what reasoning do you have to micromanage or just like put me under a pin and needle and just make sure that I'm doing my job 24 seven. It's like at some point you have to just let the, let the creative do their thing. And then at the end of the day, like they're going to, they're going to do their job. 
Like, as soon as you- don't get me wrong, we don't get our way all the right, time. Right. <laughs> a lot of like, there's a lot of times, but like initially, I think it's pretty good to like initially let us do our yeah. thing, and then obviously like some business stuff they got to do. But um, yeah, initially it's always good to to let us do our thing before the reality sets yeah. in. <laughs> exactly, we're in a good position too. I think they give us a lot of freedom here. Like, I think we've been on other, te- we've all been on other teams where like, you're a lot more boxed in and you're kind of told what to do here on basketball. It's kind of like, let's try to break the mold. Let's do something new. Let's push the limits. So it, it, it lets us kind of do what we want and bring things to the table that other parts of the company wouldn't be able to do. So uh, speaking on pushing limits and, and breaking the mold, uh, I would love to ask Herbie specifically, like, knowing your your background in sculpting and just art and and colors in general like what was that does a specific set or a specific drop really come to mind when when you think of breaking the mold and and uh, just breaking anything um in any situation like is there a specific project that you've worked on in the past that you've really loved yeah i mean <laughs> talk about this all the time on at work that we have a our most recent collection that's going to be coming up autumn winter 22 for me like that on an inline perspective like this is just general puma basketball product like that broke a lot of molds and we were just playing with things playing with color playing with like textures playing with fabrics all that kind of stuff and like to me like that was like the moment where i was like all right this is kind of coming all full circle. And it took it took me a couple of seasons to kind of build up into that because, you know, we had to start the business off way to make sure things started off right and then continue to grow on from there. So like now it's at the point where it's like, it's almost like free range to have fun with a lot of stuff. And like, that was kind of like, all right, we breaking a lot of these old rules that the company has, a lot of these things. And, and me and Berto, we always get in trouble for like breaking graphic rules and like laws that like, we shouldn't be doing as a brand, but you know, we try to push the limit because we want to make people think about us as a different part of, of this brand. Like we want to be new and exciting and, and people don't maybe want to see just a cat on a t-shirt. It's like, oh, what is that? So like, why is that cat upside down? Why is that cat flipped the reverse way? Like we just did a whole project um, with Kuzma and his brand and we flipped the cat. We didn't think we was going to be able to get away with it, but like the cat is always supposed to be facing one way on like clothes. It was like, yeah, let's, it looks like an R let's just try to, flip it the other wing and got approved and it's like again we break in those kind of rules and that that always feels fun to 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 break rules to me like the biggest is is the june ambrose project again because for us like she came in the door and was just like all right i see what you guys are doing we're gonna change this all up and we're gonna push i'm gonna push you guys to the limit and we're gonna do stuff that you guys aren't used to doing don't maybe like doing so she pushed us design wise pushed us development wise sourcing wise i think she pushed everybody in the company marketing wise so i think what she brought to the table was something that the company was missing it made us uncomfortable but it broke so many molds for us and i think some of the stuff that she's doing in women's i think kirby can talk to is kind of translating to men's not necessarily design wise but like processes and how detailed we should be and how marketing should go and photo shoots and how to bring the energy to life. So I think that's what she's so good at is just having an idea and then bringing it to life and be being able to show the consumer and give the consumer the feeling of the the concept and the idea that she was trying to um, perceive and give out. Breaking the mold, but like in terms of product, my, my favorite product, not to be recency biased, but that 
the Rick and Morty, we were talking before the call, but the Rick and Morty MB1s was a crazy combination of doing a, the first signature shoot for Melo, and he turns out to actually be good at basketball. And he makes an all-star team right before the Rick and Morty comes out. So this collab with like this legit partner and the fact that it sells out. And I got people actually like yelling at me, complaining to me about the website crashing. Like I could do something about that. Um, so there's just the fact that I, how well that sold and like it's this whole side story. But that day I thought I could get some shoes because usually I just go buy some shoes for my family. Like I had friends and I ran to a footlocker like, like everybody else. And I was in line. I had to beat some other kids to get this, my shoes. So just that concept of how well that went. But I always, I say it's downhill from there. I don't think that, I think that's Jacob top, still man. asked me to that's buy it. him shoes for his family. He's like, "Yo, can you go cop me a pair? Get the discount." Because <laughs> or, here's the reality. I, so we have a we never used to have this, but we have a Puma store in our building now. That now we have a new building, okay. and I went there to get two pairs of Yo, shoes. You and be saying this. Customer, Stop and saying I wasn't gonna. Don't give out the secret. Oh, I thought I was about to say something. No, I'm gonna say this. I was like, "What did I just, what did I just you scared me for a second. I was like, "What did I say?" But I went to the store and it, they don't know me and I'm not about to be the dude who's like, do you know who I am? I'm definitely not going to say that. So I just had to pretend to be some random dude who's trying to get some shoes. I was like, Berto, they only buy two pairs of my own shoe. Can you go buy this for my brother real quick? It was wild. I think they might think I'm an asshole because I like, I'm like, really? I can't get two pairs of shoes? But anyway. Well, I am like, this conversation has been super, super dope. I think, um, from even I've told Berto this a couple times now, but like just from even before this conversation and before my conversation with Berto, like it's evident that the team behind the the hoops brand is just trying to break shit. Like there's been conversations that I've had with people just in general, just talking about how the hoop stuff is just something different coming out of Puma that we've never seen before. Um, and we just, we, love to see that and we we i'm just super super excited to see like everything that you guys touch in the the near future um individually if we may like can we just drop a like an instagram if somebody wants to follow along ask questions and just follow along in the journey uh we'll stop we'll start at berto berto let me see instagram is let me check this r-c-a-b-r on his episode too R C A B R D O on Instagram. It used to be Birdo the Great. That's why he's messing up on that. <laughs> I had to switch it up. Uh, you can follow me at, at Curbs. So K U R B B S at Curbs. That's my Instagram handle worldwide. Uh, Instagram is Jacob and then R E Y Garcia. So Jacob Ray Garcia. Perfect. I appreciate all three of you for jumping on the show and I look forward to following along in the journey. Thank you for listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 